one size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. We are the ones that are pushing the pace Every practice, every day Nothing compares to the journey we take Snyder, Burroughs, Taylor, Day Wrestling's great again, USA Okay, Jaden, so talk us through your journey in Rio So, you obviously You were still in college at the time, correct? Yeah Yeah, you're still in college Kyle was in college too And, you know, you guys are You, you know, young guys experience something that's, That some athletes work decades to do obviously i know you were super thankful for that opportunity um but something that i'm i'm curious is did you find yourself like treating the preparation and the competition any different than when you trained to win national titles or did you treat it just like any other tournament and, you know i think i just kind of treated it like any other tournament i mean most tournament actually i shouldn't say most all of my tournaments for the most part i'm really just kind of naive i'm just like i'm just gonna do whatever and um wrestle man and uh, and like you know it's like there's no uh like i don't look to wrestle anyone there's no set game plan at least when i'm when i'm when i'm free doing it i know my sophomore year i did that i was just like oh i'm gonna wrestle this guy what does he do what about this um you know what all i was just thinking about it so much but now it's just when i'm having fun and, and i'm just doing me it doesn't really matter i'm just gonna walk in and it's like all right we're gonna wrestle and put our best foot forward and see what happens man I, I see there's a couple quotes that I have that you've said that um, I'm going to ask you about here in a few questions. And one of them uh, says, I don't know who anyone is. I just go out and do what I do and just wrestle like you're an Olympic champion and no who you are. So I think that's indicative of you know what you're saying is that you don't care who it is. And that's how you could just wrestle you. you if, if you do you, you should be able to beat everyone in the world, if not darn near close. Um, and I feel like, you know, you high schoolers, especially college guys, you need to really embrace that. You know, I, in mindset training, how you think impact 
you think influences how you feel, how you feel influences how you perform, how you perform influences the outcome. So if you think that you don't care, if you truly don't care who's in front of you and you're going to treat everybody like a threat, then you feel like you, like you just have to focus on wrestling yourself and you know, you're going to take every opportunity seriously. But again, the focus is on you. So you're going to compete freely. You're going to compete to, you know, beat guys up and score points. You're not worried about, Oh my God, it's the Olympics, you know, or I'm trying to win a national title. It's no, man, I got, I got six minutes or seven minutes of live wrestling where I got to beat a guy up and score more points and have fun doing it. No, for sure. And especially when it's someone you haven't wrestled and like people try, like you ever have the kids kind of go walk over to the other guy or anyone be like, Oh, he did this, to this dude. I'm like, well, that dude's not me. All right. Yeah. You know, or like, or like, oh, he did this to you last time. This last time's not this time. I said that at nationals my, my junior year. You know how? Last time's not this time. Completely different. It's, and it's, it's true, and it's true. But again, how you think influences how you feel. So these kids think because last time they 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 wrestled somebody, last time they lost to them, or this guy he beat this guy by five. Well, that guy teched me, so there's no way that I can beat that guy. Like, come on, I, you know, right. put those no, things totally. aside and just focus on yourself. You know, wrestlers, if you're playing that track wrestling chess and the bracketology, you know, first of all, like consider yourself a fan and not a competitor. And second of all, you know, it's not helping you wrestle. I, I, I was just I was just talking to a team earlier today and I was like, you guys check track wrestling, right? They raised their hand. I said, how many of you? I said, keep your hands up. How many of you think it helps you wrestle better? They all put their hands down. So I was like, so what you're telling me. <laughs> Obviously, so what you're telling me is that if I told you to put your hand on a burning stove and it melted the skin off your hand, you would take it back on. And they're like, well, no, of course not. I'm like, you just told me the same thing. You know it hurts your wrestling, but you do it anyway. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I, don't, crazy. I hate, I, I don't know. I, I don't know. If I, I hate watching film. I don't do it. Um, I mean, that's. Brands Brothers didn't watch film either. Yeah. It's like, why? There's no point. If I do what I do, I'm focused on me. I want to make that guy stop what I'm doing, not the other way around. I don't, be, I don't want to be wrestling his style or against to stop him. I want to be wrestling to thrive on my own on the mat. That's a very good point. You know, we always talk about keep the focus on yourself. Make him worry about you. So solid. I like that. Um, most people would say they were surprised when you placed at the Olympics. I wasn't. Um, I'm sure you never saw yourself as an underdog. But, you know, what was your mindset approaching the tournament in Rio and, you know, how would you address people that maybe saw you as a college guy that was going to get his first shot in the Olympics, but didn't expect you to do what you did? I mean, like, I think it's the same thing. I, I, I will say, I, I kind of had this thought too, going into trials and it's, I'm going to say it kind of the way I, I imagined it in my head. Eh, no one expects me to win anyway. I might as well just go out and do what I do. Um, so, I mean, like, you know, like, I think that was one thing that passed through my mind, which was like, you know, people don't expect that much out of me. So, I mean, what do I have to lose? And I think also just having the naive, like I said, I'm naive. I'm doing, I'm just being a, you know, a college guy coming into wrestling. And I, I remember saying this in an interview that like, I'm, I don't know freestyle. I don't do freestyle very much. Um, or very I remember well. that. Yeah. But I know how to wrestle. And so like, that's what was my thing. Like, I'm going to go out here. I'm just going to wrestle these guys. I'm going to cut it loose and just, you know, we're just going to see what happens. You know, it's, it's, I would have so much regret if I went out there and I didn't just let it all out. And I think a big, and I think a big thing, um, and I think uh, someone who says it the best is actually Travell Delagdiv. I don't know if you've ever had him on, on, on your podcast or not, but Travell, he actually said it this year at Worlds. And um, 
he's actually said it to me a couple times, but he says this, he says, you know, you go out there and you make this guy prove that he's better than you and ask yourself the question before that, ask yourself the question, you know, can I be the best in the world today? Today, can I be the best in the world? You know, and once you answer that question, you go out there and you make these guys prove that they're better than you today, you know, and, um, you know, I think that's one of the best ways to say it. And I think that's kind of the mindset that I, I want and try to take um, each and every match. I want to make you prove that you are better than me right here, right now. I, I've never heard it put like that. We've actually, so I haven't had Terrell on the podcast, but um, we do we do work with them for the, the Ohio RTC for their Mental Monday. So I'm definitely going to message Terrell and ask him to talk about that. I think that's a phenomenal way to put it. You know, I, we've all said it differently in different ways or heard it differently in different ways. You know, Hey, go out there. You need to crush his dreams or he's going to crush yours. You know, that's what Jordan used to say, or I've, I've heard Jordan say, you know, you need to go out there and take it. You can't wait for it to happen. But I almost like it better to say they have to prove that they're better than you. They have to earn it. If they're going to, one of the best quotes um, was from a runner, uh, Steve Prefontaine. And he said, Good my, my favorite athlete, I actually run a club in Houston and it's called without limits specifically based on the movie about him. Right. I and he, no, I love it. I love it. And he said, you may beat me, but you're going to bleed to do it. <laughs> yeah. I remember that. Yeah. You know, so I like that movie spoke volumes to me. Like I said, obviously I named my business, my first business after that movie, I bought, shoes that I couldn't afford in college because it was like the 10th anniversary of his death. Um, I remember I was already overdrawn in my account in college. Um, I didn't have any money left for the week. And I was at Modell's Sporting Goods and I saw like the stop pre like anniversary shoe. And I was like, I got to have it. I looked at my bank account. I'm like, I have no money. That's true. it. I'll just deal with the overdraft fees. Oh. <laughs> Worth but, it. Worth it. And I still have those <laughs> shoes. I mean, he's just got so many great quotes, you know, uh, to give anything less than your best is to sacrifice the gift. And I feel like that's something that you've spoken to a lot in this talk is, you know, you want to, you're going out there to use the gifts that God gave you to the, your fullest of your ability. That's your goal. And it's like, let me showcase and perform my gifts, not have pressure to win or lose. Right. For sure. Solid. Um, so, Something interesting I saw about you regarding, you know, the goal that you set coming in to college. You said that you wanted to be an undefeated four-timer, but you didn't want to be the next Kale. You wanted to be the first Jaden. And, you know, I don't want, you said, I don't want to be remembered as a wrestler. I want to be remembered as a person. So what does that look like? How would you hope your legacy to be described as by future wrestlers, you know, the people that are trying to emulate you, consider you as a role model on and off the mat. What does the legacy of Jaden Cox, what do you hope that it looks like? Um, I hope that it's one that shows people that you can pour all of yourself into many different places. Um, and more importantly, that you should pour yourself into other people more than you should pour it into yourself. And what I mean by that is, you know, treating other people with kindness, respecting them, um, you know, not being afraid to, to like sh show those things like kindness, respect, honoring someone, um, you know, showing people that they're special. And, and I, I don't mean, you know, like I, I'm not trying to say it in the same sense. Cause I remember earlier you were talking about love pouring yourself into, it. I'm not meaning like that, but I'm meaning, 
in the sense that you you hold other people, um, you know, you hold other people up or above you almost. And, mm-hmm. and, and in that sense, and when that happens, it's funny how that happens because when you do that and you hold people in that light and when that with that respect, that kindness, um, no matter what, in that acceptance, that though you're holding, you know, as you hold them up, then they will then hold you up. They will they will see you as a light and you will be a light. And I definitely think in a world that we have today with so many differences and um, and um, so many people that that kind of sh- you know, either shun a certain type of person or anything like that. Um, that's something that's deeply needed in the world for people to to put other people first and and to accept someone and show you know maybe not even just accept them but you know show kindness and respect towards someone for the sake of the matter is that they're a human being um and i think like also you know like like you said i'm not just a wrestler you know i'm i'm a musician i'm i'm a i'm a singer you know um i'm a son um i'm a, I'm, also, I'm a man i'm i'm a person like i i put myself in a bunch of different um uh, you know in a def- i pour myself in a bunch of different things a bunch of different aspects of my life um, you know, and, and don't put, I don't put all my eggs into one, one box. Um, and I try to, to spread that, that, like I said, that love, that passion, that respect, that kindness to everyone. I think that's definitely how a lot of people would describe you. So I would agree. Um, I told you, I've got some quotes that I wrote down some stuff that I saw you say, and I'd like you to kind of speak a little bit to them. Um, so I'm going to, I'm going to name the quote and, you know, you kind of tell me the, the, the thought process behind it. First one, um, I'm not crazy. I'm insane. Tell me what that means. <laughs> oh gosh. So that was before two, the, the, the Olympics or no, that was after that was during the flow documentary. Um, that I said that, um, I just remember people saying that, um, that, you know, um, that, you know, me doing 86 and going down was nuts and that I would just get rolled over. And then, you know, they're like, oh, he's crazy for it. And I'm like, and I think I put what I meant by that is that like, um, you know, crazy just means, you know, I don't know. I think I was insane for it because I completely had the intention of it. Um, I was ready to go and and be at that weight and have to go against somebody. Um, I think crazy me kind of just means you're all over the place and don't really have that, um, you know, have it put together. Really, you just go in there and just go on wild. But, you know, insanity is just kind of, I think, that, that the next level for me where, like, I had it planned and I knew what was going to happen. I knew that this was going to be hard. I knew that this was going to be, all, well, what they said, it was going to be crazy. I knew people didn't expect much of me, but I was still willing to do it. And that's why I was like, I'm insane and I'm willing to jump into this fire. I dig it. I think a lot of us wrestlers especially can, can relate to that. Um, the next one I have is every day is a fight for me. I think you've kind of spoken a little bit to it, but you know, maybe talk a little bit more directly to that, to that uh, specific phrase. Um, well, that phrase is, is, you know, that's just a, that's straight up what it means. You know, every day is a fight. Um, you know, I, I do struggle with depression. Um, I struggle with memories that haunt me and from my past. Um, there are some nights I can't sleep. Uh, there's some nights I wake up from in, in a sweat from from my my nightmares from my uh, you know re the, you know just um, basically having a nightmare about things that happened in my past. So I mean, um, every day is a fight, and and, and it's one that um, I have to say there are some days I fight it gladly and fight it with the most, but there's some days that you know it, it does take its toll, 
and um, and it and it and it and it and I don't know. It's just it, it sometimes seems to just take over. So I, I mean, think something. I, 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 I apologize for interrupting. No, um, you're good. Something that I would say to that, you know, if we were having a conversation, you know, casually, something I would say to you, and something that I would say to everybody that's listening that maybe can relate and feel the same way. You know, there's two things that adversity can can do for you or do to you, or there's there's two there's two ways that you can look at it. You can let it define you, or you can define how it affects you, and that ultimately comes down to on a daily basis, winning that fight between two things. Either your uh, either one of these two things are are going to be stronger: your coping skills or your defense mechanisms. Uh, one of the things we talk about in mindset training a lot is, you know, that's one of the things that it's a system that we help develop is a system of coping skills, different coping skills through wrestling that you can use for the rest of your life. So if you continue to develop your coping skills and pay specific attention to it, your defense mechanisms, the voices that are in your head, the, the, vo- the, the figurative voices that are in your head, the, the negative thoughts in the beginning, you know, you're fighting it. Then you're fighting less, you're fighting less, they're getting less loud and less loud to the point where some days you don't hear them at all. So my point being to those of you that are listening, you know, remember that whatever you go through, whether it's on a daily basis, things in your past, you can let your adversity define you or define how it affects you. And that's still a daily process. So you could work on your coping skills and you can work on, you know, the baseline that you have and the skills that you have to deal with adversity on a daily basis. Um, you know, or your defense mechanisms are going to get a lot stronger. So just wanted to kind of throw that out there. That's something that I hear a lot. I share a lot. And I think, you know, pay close attention to what Jaden has to say about this and, you know, relate this to your own personal life. So uh, continue what you were saying. No, for sure. I mean, like, like I said, like it's, it's some, you know, sometimes, you know, you're fighting this fight and like you fight it and um, you fight, like I said, you fight it gladly. And sometimes you're working to get to the, sometimes you're just even just working just to get to the next day. Um, you know, but it's, um, it's one that I think you kind of hit it on the nail where like, you know, you have to fight this and, um, almost like you have to embrace it because then your defensive mechanism, actually, sometimes you think of it as keeping things out, but it almost is like those things trap things in for sure. Um, So, um, it's definitely something that, and like I said, that's something I'm still trying to learn. Like I'm still working on my own, um, and trying to figure out. And, and it's something that's hard and it will, it will probably be whenever you're fighting an, an inner struggle, um, whether, you know, with your, with, it's your, with your heart, with your mind, with your soul, when it, it, it will be the toughest thing you will ever do, but it's the most necessary thing that you will do because, you know, how you, like you said, how you feel on the inside is definitely going to affect you on the outside and it'll affect those around you. Um, it can completely, completely change, um, pe- your life and, the people around you absolutely um this was a good one i liked winning does not mean you got better winning just means you won you got more points than the other guy talk a little bit about that well i mean there are plenty of people and i think we've seen them throughout everyone's seen these guys you know where people go out and they win you know have you ever seen you know the person like i i like in my career there are some people that i faced that you know maybe just you know, weren't, weren't to where I was yet in, in my wrestling career, as far as maybe skill level, whether it be talent, or maybe they weren't in the best situation in wrestling. Um, you know, so like, yeah, I, you know, and there are some situations where you go and wrestle, like I should beat this guy. Right. And, 
and people will, will get all these points and they take the the record as like, oh yeah, this person's person's really good. He's getting better. Um, but no, that's not the case. You know, it's just like if you, if I win every match and I shoot a sweep single, which I do, but if I shoot a sweep single and I shoot the sweep single the same way every time and it never, you know, gets better or I'm not doing it, finding other routes to it. And it's just the same thing over and over and over again. It's just stay plateaued. Even though I've won every match and I've done everything, I still haven't, you know, you know, taken the next step in my in my craft. I've just stayed plateaued on a step that keeps working. Um, and there's a difference in that. And um, so I definitely think like people need to see that perspective. And when you go into the wrestling room, you know, some guys have this mentality of I got to win in the wrestling room. No, you need to get better in the wrestling room. Um, you know, winning, winning in the wrestling room doesn't matter in practice. When you're in practice, no, like you're looking to get better. Right. And there's no reason to look to win in practice um, because I've never won a national title or world championship or a world medal, Olympic medal in practice. Never have. I've never gotten anything for being in practice um, and winning. Um, that's where you make everything happen and you should be willing to take the risk, make the mistakes piece things together, talk with your teammates, talk with your coaches, combine ideas, make things your own, and then go out there on the mat and put those things to use and keep working on them. You know, almost some of the matches I wrestled in, in, in when I was younger in college, even in college, and I know this in high school as a kid, they were matches that I were using to, to use to work on my technique and get better. It was almost like another practice in the competition. Yep, absolutely. I uh, heard that a lot of times from the Sandersons too. They they uh, talked about that. Like, hey, this is just practice. Like, we are we're we're out here to perform. It's just practice. You guys are here to practice your moves. Actually, Kyler um, incentivizes his kids to to do the moves that they practice and practice in matches. He calls them milkshake moves. If you do <laughs> at least if you do at least ten moves from their practice list, uh, then you get a milkshake. If you do like twenty five in the tournament, then you get a you know a Sanderson Wrestling Academy hat, stuff like that. And it, all of this conversation points me back to Steve Prefontaine again talking about it's not about whether or not you win, it's how you win. And, you know, did, sure. did did you get better? Did you evolve, or did you do the same thing that you did over and over again? And we could all think about some professional athletes, like. Let's take MMA, for example. Let's take, you know, someone like Ronda Rousey, an extremely talented athlete. Um, you know, she was, she was an Olympic medalist and, you know, one of the best judo players, female judo players of all time. Her mom was no different, right? She, mm -hmm. she grew women's MMA. She was dominant, but she never evolved. She goes into these last couple fights trying to do the same judo throw and armbar, and these girls are like, no, <laughs> this doesn't work anymore. You can't do the same thing that you've been doing. <laughs> Right. They're like, I'm going to kick you in the face now. Um, yeah. Things have changed. Um, yeah. She never, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, for sure. She never, um, she never got really uh, into boxing, really. Um, no, very clearly in those last two fights, it's like she forgot how to put her hands up. I'm sorry, Rhonda. Nothing but respect. Um, for sure. For sure. <laughs> but, you know, the Kale says, uh, unless you continue to improvise and adapt, you'll learn. Improvise, adapt, and evolve you'll learn a painful lesson from somebody who has. Oh, that's just, that's, that's true. That's very true. I mean, if you're not willing to make the adjustments um, to better yourself, then definitely the person who has. I mean, that's why, I mean, we see it all the time. I think the National Tournament is a prime example. Like people, are, people think when you see those upsets happening, 
you know, do you think it's luck, sheer luck that those things are happening, that someone comes back and beats someone that, that pinned them or teched them a couple weeks ago? Um, right. Like, no. It's, you know, I think those, those are examples that you see sometimes um, of what we're talking about, of someone saying, like, all right, I got to get better. This is what I'm going to do. I'm going to go back in the room and I'm going to work on this. Um, that's just a prime example of it. Something to touch on real quick that uh, you said earlier, you were talking about when you were getting ready for the Olympic trials and you dropped down and nobody thought much of you dropping down. They thought you were going to get smashed. You're like, I'm just going to go in there and like do my thing and see what I can do. That's, that's the mindset. I feel like that the Kyle Pennells, the Tariq Wilson's, the Ronnie Perry's, the Bryce Meredith a few years ago, like that's becoming a more regular thing is it doesn't have to be a Cinderella story. You know, these guys that are unseated wrestlers making the semifinals, pinning that, um, pinning, pinning guys that they're not supposed to, be- beating guys they're not supposed to. I think the secret is, you know, it's easy to be the underdog sometimes, but how do we get these guys that, quote unquote, have everything to lose, have a lot, quote unquote, have a lot on the line? How do we get them to have that unseated wrestler mentality of going out there and competing free? Yeah, I mean, I think one thing's for sure, like you talked about the guys that are track wrestling and or go on the forums or do stuff like that, you know. I think one thing, and I'll and I'll admit this too, like I I read them, you know, I I read I read the forums, I read the messages, I, I see what people got to say. Um, but I think one thing you have to take into mind is that opinions have never really mattered when it when it comes to sports, um, you know, because all that matters is a moment. One moment matters, and um, and it's yours. And in our sport, we're lucky enough to, I think, one-on-one battle. You know, you can make it your moment, and you can take it. And so, like, when you talk about guys, you know, having a lot on the line, uh, and, and, and it's like it's all, it, all or nothing for them maybe in this point. Um, you know, I think it goes back to just, like, nothing that no one says has mattered. Nothing, everything that you've been through, Everything that you've done has led to this moment and you can make it yours. It is still in your hands. Um, I think that's what gives me confidence, especially like when I go out there and I'm wrestling somebody and and I'm putting everything on the line. You know, it's still in my hands to go out there and perform and make Uh this what I want it to be. I still have that right, that that opportunity and that choice to do so. Um, So that gives me confidence because I I like having I like being in the driver's seat. I like being able to say, like, this is what I'm going to do. Um, so not focusing on what everyone else has to say and realizing what they have to say really doesn't mean that much. And just doing what you do and, and taking advantage of making this one moment, your moment. I, I, I believe it. You know, I, I watched, I was at NCAAs, um, and Kyle Cannell before, before Kyle Cannell was Kyle Cannell. He was just some, some guy from Kent state that was huge. And, you know, <laughs> and, and I'm watching him become a celebrity in the midst of the, you know, the, those two days that I'm there. And I'm thinking to myself, I'm like, can you imagine if mindsets were flipped in that mat in those matches with him and Colin Moore? Like, just 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 imagine if 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 they were flipped and someone wasn't protecting. Like, I felt like you know Colin was almost like protecting his status. Was wrestling? I want to say not to lose, but definitely conservative. And Colin was like, man, I'm just gonna go for whatever. I got to lose. Like, you know, you're the you're the number one guy in the country. I'm just I'm just some kid from Ohio. Yeah, I think they, you know, I think we saw an example of, of people on two different spectrums mentally, um, but also also in two different situations as far as, you know, whether what they were ranked, you know, how they were performing and everything. Um, 
you know, I think we just saw a vastly vast difference. And when they collided, I, I think you saw what happened, you know, like you see what you saw, what happened. I mean, uh, Cornell gets a, a great throw and, um, and pins the number one guy. And then later on comes back and beats him again. Yeah. Um, or I think, what, what was it? Uh, was it a third and fourth place match? Third and fourth. Yeah. It wasn't just, it wasn't just once it was again. Yeah. And like, and, and, you know, and didn't just, didn't, and then like, I don't know. I think that was, that was amazing. When you talk about making a moment yours, I mean, he, he, that's, that's a prime, like you said, prime example of that. And, you know, um, and he, and he wanted it. You just saw it in him, that, that fire in him. He, he wanted, he wanted that, that fight and he was willing to go out there and, 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 and do whatever it t- needed to be done to take advantage of this, um, of the situation, take advantage of, of his moment. I mean, that's what I talk about when you talk about making your moment yours. I mean, that was a, that was a great thing to see. Um, someone doing that and taking full advantage of an opportunity. I think that changed his life. I think that, that, that tournament changed the trajectory of the rest of his life. And Kyle, if I'm remembering, if he was not my first, he was my second podcast guest. And, uh, honestly, what inspired me, we, we've talked about me personally doing the pot, doing a podcast and interviewing guys. I'm always, always when I travel, I'm always interviewing guys and picking their brains and watching him mock, Ronnie Perry and Tariq do what they did was what sparked me initially to be like, you know what? The wrestling world needs to hear about it and they need to hear more than just what flow wrestling is going to put on a little article. No, for sure. I mean, these guys, I'm not, I mean, I've gotten to talk and hang out and meet with all of them. Um, yep. uh, you know, I was talking with, uh, Cornell, um, even before nationals, but I talk, I was talking with that nationals and, um, I could just really sense the, the sense of joy. Cause I remember talking before the Colin Moore match, um, and you know, he told me exactly what you're saying. Like, I'm just going to go out here and, and give it my all, man, and do what I do. I'm like, all right, man. Um, and you know, and also, you know, I've got to hang out all summer with Machiavelli, um, and Tyreek Wilson. I was out actually in North um, Carolina earlier in the year before Worlds. Um, and so, I mean, like, these guys are all great people. They have a great head on their shoulders, and the way they carry themselves, um, I think, really transfers over to the wrestling map you know um and like i said when i talk about willing to give yourself to something um especially other people um and how you treat people how you hold yourself um the, all these guys that you saw the nationals gave everything they were on the map mm-hmm. um i mean the performances they had were just outright amazing um there's no there's nothing short of amazing so I mean, it's just, it's just a transference. How you live your life off of it is how, is, you know, it's how it's going to perform on the map for you. So for sure. So shout out to those guys. They were my, among the first couple episodes and you know, I, whether I said it or not, their, their performances were inspiration to lead to what ended up being a really cool thing last year. And, you know, like I said, Jaden, you'll be kicking it off this year. So I'm excited for everybody to, to continue to benefit from hearing from the, all, all the great lessons from these guys. Um, I got one or two more one or two more quotes and then um, we're going to, we're going to start moving into the directly at the mindset. And let's see. I don't like to think when I wrestle, I just like to be blank. Tell me about that. Well, that's more of like, I don't, I don't want to react. I want to be, I want to be fluent. Um, You know, I I don't want to, I don't want to react to you wrestling. I'm just, I, I want to, uh, be steps and steps ahead of you like it's not a if i'm thinking 
then I'm, I'm missing, I'm missing points. It's kind of like what I tell people. I'll give an example. For instance, if I see the shot before I felt it, I've missed my opportunity. Mm-hmm. If I feel it before I see it, then it, I'm already there. I've beaten you. Um, so that's kind of what that's kind of going towards. Um, I want to be blank. I don't want to think, you know, once a thought pops in your head to do something normally by that time, it's already gone by. Um, so I just want to be blank and I'm just going into things and I'm, and I'm being fluent. I'm being almost like what Bruce Lee says. I'm like water, you know, I can fit in anything in any situation and I'm, I'm going to do it. I, I'm going to do what it is that I'm capable of. Um, but yeah, I think that's kind of like, that's the example I kind of use. Just like if I see the shot before I, or, uh, before I, uh, take it, um, well, well, I'm sorry. If I see the shot before I feel it, I've missed it. If I feel it before I see it, I'm right on time. I dig it. I dig that. Um, so that's what I've got for quotes. I think we've got, I think Jane, you, you definitely got some good ones and you, you, um, I hope you guys, I'll, I'll have made little clips of, of, of those quotes um, in particular, but I thought those were all really good. Um, people that have followed your career, they know that you're so much more than a wrestler. We've talked about that. I was at Beat the Streets in New York City a couple of years ago when you competed, and I got to watch you sing to everybody at the gala. Um, tell us more about your love for music, and you know, do you have aspirations to take that somewhere? Um, you know, I, I just, I don't know. There's something about music that's just... Um, it's it's awesome. It's amazing. Uh, you know, I kind of, I personally like it when it's a good one. I like, I like songs kind of getting stuck in my head. I like the feeling that music kind of just gives you every song either has like a, a story or how it, how it means something different to each person. Um, and I love to write, you know, I love to write music as well. I mean, um, I love putting things together and putting pieces together that can really connect with another person um, in some way. And I like how it connects with each person differently and they can express that to me because that just brings up more ideas. Um, you know, as far as do I see it going somewhere? I mean, I would, I would love to perform places. I would love to, to take my music and share it with people. Um, and, you know, I, w- I would love for that to be a, be a thing. I'm not, I would say right now I, I'm in a position where I'm not able to take steps towards that. Um, but it is something that I would really appreciate um, and just sharing and sharing um, my music and, and, and actually having conversations about it and having people around that could maybe even help me grow in it. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I, I hope one day that maybe it can become something. Um, but right now, you know, it's more of just uh, more of a hobby right now than anything. Yeah. And it's a great hobby. You're very talented at it. Where's a place that we could find more of your music? Um, right now I don't really have a place, but if you want to, you know, there's some, there's some videos I know of YouTube. Um, I, I should probably work on putting it out, putting more songs out than, um, and, and so that people can experience that. I think, like I said, it's a good hobby and thankfully you're good at it. Some people, uh, some people like, like making music too, but they're not quite as good at it as you are. So <laughs> <laughs> at least you give us something to enjoy. Um, sure. so what I'll do here, um, I have one more comment that I want to make a testament to you. And then um, we'll go, like I said, what's called the mindset quick fire. And these are direct, direct mindset related questions, you know, to kind of see how Jaden Cox thinks in these certain scenarios. Um, but one, one thing I will say is that, you know, I, I was at Monterey clinic and I watched you show technique and I remember going home and, 
you know, there was Zeke Jones, Cliff Fretwell, Mike Krause, you know, all these guys who we all in the wrestling community spec that are great coaches and great clinicians, you know, they get flown all over the country. They're very talented. And I found myself saying, this guy just graduated college and honestly presented his technique and his part of his clinic in a better and almost easier and enjoyable way than some of the most seasoned coaches that get flown around the country. Um, I, so as a testament to you, I'm, I'm sitting there, man, I've, I've spoken at so many clinics and conventions. I've seen hundreds of people give clinics and I walked away from that clinic. I learned a lot from everybody, but I was like, damn, man, Jaden killed it. Uh, <laughs> I was just so impressed with how you, I, I remember you talked about, you got to be a good liar when you, when you talked about fakes, right? Right. right. You know, and I remember and, that. Yeah, you talked about being a good liar. And I remember telling kids, like, I, I went back to my kids' wrestling class. I was like, mom and dad always told you to never lie. But the one time that it's okay to lie is when we're trying to, when we're trying to do our fakes for our shots. And all the kids, you know, their eyes lit up. They're like, I get it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, they're like, oh, I'm going to be a good liar. Because they're like, oh, I get to do something bad, but it's not really bad. And mom and dad aren't going to get mad at me. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. So I just found that really funny. Like I said, you showed some really good stuff. I saw the video on my phone. I was super impressed. I guess my, my you're done competing. Do you plan on coaching? Uh, that's something I'm still trying to figure out myself if I, if I want to or not. Um, I'll, I'll put it like this. If I can put my full heart into it and my, my full, all my passion behind it, I definitely can see myself doing it. Um, I know one of my, you know, one of my, my big things I want to do is teach. So, um, so I think that if that, if, if wrestling is something I could tack on to that and, and put my, put all of what I am behind that as well, then, um, then yeah, um, I could see myself doing it. For sure. Well, I hope you do. And I hope you and Yanni end up coaching on the same team because that would be killer. <laughs> i I told Yanni, Yanni's got literally one of the best wrestling minds that I've ever heard. And the kid's like 19 years old. Um, I think he's going to make an amazing coach one day. And I think he will too. So I hope, I hope you both, uh, whether you find your way to two separate teams or to each other, I think you guys are going to do great things for the sport of wrestling. Um, so I hope you find your way back to, uh, back to sitting in the coach's chair. Oh yeah, for sure. I love Yanni, by the way. Great dude. Oh, like one of the best dudes I ever met. Like just, he is such a unique person and just such a good dude. But like I said, so smart, like leaps and bounds and years ahead of like how old you, he actually is. For sure. For sure. Shout out to Yanni. Um, so, all right. Mindset quick fire. We got about eight simple questions, quick answer to it. We don't have to get too in depth, but kind of, you know, your first thoughts in your head when I talk about this. So first question, what's the importance of mindset in wrestling and why is it important for a wrestler to train it uh it's important for a wrestler to train it because like your mind's like another muscle um you know and your body's gonna follow that this is the one muscle in your in your body that your your all of your body's going to follow so you need to train it to be a tip-top shape to having the thoughts you want it to have because your body's going to follow whatever it is that it, what that comes to it the way that you think influences the way that you feel. The way that you feel influences the way that you perform, just like we talked about. For sure. For sure. Who is your – who's the most impactful person in developing your mindset? Mike Ironman. I figured that would be. Why? Um, he just helped me in so many ways, uh, and he knew how to, to help me both um, on and off the mat mentally, not just um, how I carry myself, but mentally. Um, 
and he allowed me not only not only did he show me how important it was for my mindset to be strong and he didn't keep my mind in a box he allowed my mind to, he taught my taught me um how to open my mind up to everything so i could dive into whatever it is that i was getting into as a wrestler and as a person solid um now mike runs ironman elite correct yes sir so that is in which part of missouri uh that is in millersburg missouri Millersburg, Missouri. So if you're from Missouri or you're visiting, uh, that's definitely a place to be. There's lots of great wrestling clubs in Missouri. Um, that's definitely one of them. Make sure you check out, um, make sure you check them out, check out Ironman Elite when you're, when you're in that area. <clears throat> okay. What do you focus on when you wrestle? Um, ooh, that's a hard one. Um, I think I just focus on, uh, I think it's just more so for me. It's just being free, cutting loose. Um, I try not to focus on anything. I don't want to. Well, it's like you said. You talk about being blank. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so like, well, like we talk about, you know, when you wrestle, you know, the things that you can control, your effort, your attitude, and your aggressiveness. You know, like, am I giving 110%? Am I out here to dominate? And, you know, am I... Uh, we say aggressiveness. Kyle says attack rate. You know, am I constantly attacking, looking to score points? Um you know, when, when you wrestle and relating it to that, how would, how would you kind of like bridge that gap? Like, what do you, what are you trying to accomplish? Uh, well, I think that for me, I think what I'm trying to accomplish, I think I try to accomplish all those things. Um, I just think that the way I think about being blank allows me to, I guess, one, not have any fear to do those things. And plus, like, for instance, like when you talk about it's kind of like when pe- I, I always notice some people have a game plan and they need that, right? They need that game plan set in stone. But my question is what happens when that game plan doesn't work, right? How does your mind react? How do you react to that? Do you have a game plan after that? For me, I don't really go out there with that much of a game plan. I don't go out there with that much of a thought to get these takedowns, but I'm always ready. And it's not so much as me. I don't I necessarily react to a situation. I think that really for me, I'm prepared for every situation to go into it and go 110% into what I have to do, whether that be coming back from behind, you know, whether that being I need to take more shots, whether that being, oh, I need to defend my legs more, you know, I'm ready to then dive into anything and everything. Gotcha, for sure. Um, Next one I've got. What do you feel like is the most important aspect of mindset? I'm going to name you a couple and you tell me, which one you feel like is the most important to have success? Self-knowledge, okay. self-knowledge, confidence, mm-hmm. being able to relax under pressure, aggressiveness, or toughness? I would have to say self-knowledge. I think self-knowledge is, because um, I think one thing that you have to be able to do um, is be honest with yourself, um, especially, I think, in, in any situation, um, especially when it comes to those high pressure situations. And I think knowing how to then overcome, you know, how you feel and knowing how to change your mindset. Um, and, and then, and then how to they go out there and perform. I think that's a big thing. Cause if you can know that, then you can prepare yourself for every match, every situation and anything really. Um, but if you don't, then whether you're tough, whether you're this, whether you're that, but once you get out of that and you don't know how to then make those adjustments within yourself, you're going to be lost either way. 
I agree. So it's funny. So we have 60 worksheets in our program. You know, it's a systematic approach that builds upon itself with all these different topics. I named a few of them. And uh, self-knowledge is the largest. It's There's 10 worksheets in self-knowledge. The largest one second is confidence at eight worksheets. And, uh, you know, aggressiveness is five. Relaxing under pressure, I think, is maybe five. Mental toughness is four or five. Mm. But self-knowledge is 10. And so it goes, it goes right along with what you and, you know, a a lot of great wrestlers and coaches would say. So pre-match outside of the prayer that you do, do you warm up? um, Do you have a specific way that you warm up every single time before you wrestle? Like, do you have a a pre-match routine? And if you do, uh, why is that important for you? Uh, I don't know. I don't really have like a necessarily a pre-match routine that I follow to the book, but it's like pretty much similar. Um, I run, I know that I jog three laps hard. Um, I do um, 20 skips forward, 20 skips backwards. Um, and then I do 10 shuffles um, on right and left side. And, and, you know, it's a long one. So, you know, and I do some, I know I do two cartwheels each way, three, four, three back, uh, three, four rolls, three backward rolls. I mean, um, I do 10 karaoke's, five um, with a high knee on each side. So, I mean, I know, I know I have one that I go through. Um, there's not an order I follow it, but I just do that mainly because that's what I do every day in practice. And I make it as, um, as a like routine for me, just lets me know my body feels good and I'm ready. Absolutely. Body feels good and you're ready. Um, Greg Jones, so time national champ from West Virginia. Um, he's a guy that I do a lot of work with on the side of the martial arts mindset program, the, our martial arts specific uh, training program that we have with all our UFC fighters. And him and I wrote an article for Flow Combat and talking about whether it be MMA, whether it be wrestling. This is something I touched on earlier about how you know, people expect when you get to the NCAA championships or the world championships, or you're at that level that you no longer get nervous. Um, True. We all feel nerves. The difference is that these guys at the high levels tend to have a a better method and system to deal with it. So do you feel like you still get nervous at all before you wrestle or in general, you know, how do you deal with the feelings that you get before you wrestle? Two, two. I have two answers. When I'm not nervous, I I'm usually singing and and whatnot and hanging out and talking to people. Um, when I am nervous, I acknowledge it. I don't try to hide it. Um, you know, I talk to someone about it. I'm saying this is how I'm feeling. Um, mainly because talking about it kind of just it makes it easier to deal with. You know, it humanizes it. It makes it real, and you can deal with it. Right. You know. And it's, it's, it's not like I'm trying to hide this thing and, and, and put it down. You know, I acknowledge that it's there and it's real. And, and what I, mean, I did a video earlier on this is that nerves really mean nothing more than this really matters to you and that it means the, the most to you. Um, it's important. And so then why not go out there and give everything you have towards something that you really care about? Absolutely. Um, biggest regret my biggest regret? Whew. My biggest regret. I don't really know if I have one, to be honest. Um, I don't think I do. Um, I'm not, not really in, in life, nor really in 
in wrestling. I don't really have a regret because I can't go back in time to change anything. So maybe it was like spending money. Like I think actually I have a regret. It's kind of funny. Spending money that I know that if I didn't spend it, I'd still have it now. <laughs> that was, that Give me an example. Thing. Give me an like, example. Well, that's basically anything. Like if like I bought my like I bought bought my my Xbox. You know, I kind of have that feeling too. Like, oh, well, if I would have bought my Xbox One, I'd still have that money. Or yeah, I go and get like drinks from from like a gas station or something. Like, if I wouldn't have spent that, I've been fine. Um, you know, that's like funny. I think that's for me. That's like probably one of the regrets or something. I, I think about like, you know what? That's ridiculous. I, I wish I would have had that money back. It would've been nice. So you said um, earlier you you addressed you know the importance of faith in your wrestling version of that answer of you know what is the connection of of what is your connection of faith to your wrestling and why it's important. Well, faith, like I said, faith eliminates fear it, and um, it allows you to walk the the, the unlit path that you've been, um, you've never been before. You know. Um, that's basically the short version of that. It eliminates that fear of walking that path that you've never been down. Faith eliminates fear. I look forward to using that again. <laughs> um, importance of gratitude. So, you know, we talked about how, you know, Kale says the mental edge of Penn State is gratitude. There's a whole article about it for you or anybody else that wants to read about it. Um, you know, when I spent a week in Utah with Kale's family, gratitude gratitude was something that i heard from constantly and the culture was there i did a camp let me think about this jade how many camps have you done like like you think over you think over 100 uh no i wouldn't think so maybe 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 60s or 50s 60s right yeah how many how many times did you have a big group and like over regardless of the number a good chunk of them kids come up to you afterwards and without anybody asking them to do so, shook your hand, looked you square in the eye and said, legit and said, like, sincerely, thank you so much for coming. I learned so much today. I think probably every one of them, you know, so like I, I haven't, I haven't seen that, I guess in the, in the number of clinics that I've been to, I haven't seen as many, like with the exception of like, all right, everybody shake, you know, shake blah, blah, blah's hand. Now that he's done, tell him, thank you for coming today. Like when I was in Utah, these kids came up and in large numbers lining up to shake all the coaches hands, looking us square in the face and like from their heart being like, thank you like so much for coming. And I just related that a lot to what the stuff that Steve Sanderson had to say. And, you know, like I said, maybe you've had some different experiences than me, but in the majority of the experience places that I've been, there's a handful of kids that'll come up. Dude, I had like 125 kids consecutively shake my hands one of these days <laughs> and just look at, you know how some people just kind of like, hey, thanks, thanks, thanks. They just like line up in a line. These kids right. all shook my hands like they meant it. No, for sure. I think I well, I think mine are a little different because, like, I don't, I don't know about you guys. I'm gonna say, but like, I I, I think I'm, I uh, I really try to get to know the person uh, rather than the wrestler in my camps. You know, for I try sure. to I you know I learn every kid's name and I try to and I'm, I try to remember it and um you know and I I cross the bridge with them. To then, you know, because I thank them because I'm honored to be there. Like I'm, I'm honored to, that they that their their coaches, whether it be the coaches or whether a kid reached out to me and then I reached out to his coach, that um, that I'm there. Mm-hmm. So, um, and when once I, you know, either I close that gap, you know, with them, 
then I think that I get a different reaction from them because it makes it makes the camp more than just a wrestling camp. You know, we're, we're you know, it's 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 a it's a lesson about how to be like if we talk about being good people um, and and holding yourself, um, whether it be to a higher standard, um, you know, treating other people's right. You know, we're crossing this line of which we can um, we're blending the lines actually of the of off the mat and on the mat. And so then I get more of a personal relationship with each person, each uh, wrestler that I encounter. Absolutely. Um, yeah. Well, I think that definitely is a different culture than most of the clinics that I think, you know, we, we come across. People get paid, they come in, they, they show some moves, maybe they keep it fun. But, you know, like I said, you, when, when I saw you at the California Coaches Convention and you ran it differently than everybody else, we enjoyed everybody else's clinics, but they weren't jaded. You know, and that was just amazing to see from, you know, a young guy. I mean, I'm not old. I'm 32, but how old are you? 23. Yeah, you know, like you're, you're 23. So you must have been maybe 22 at the time, and you're just getting out of college. And I'm like, man, if that was a, like, if that was a concert, and, like, he, he, he just crushed it. If there's anybody on after him, like, no one's paying attention. <laughs> oh, no, man. Thank you very much. That means a lot. Yeah, man, you do a great job. So lastly, and we always end with this, you know, what is your mental edge when you compete? I think that, like I talked about, where um, the two biggest things with me are faith and fun, and that's the freedom of of the pressure, freedom of everything, looking at me, of, uh, maybe that other people put importance in, freedom from everything, and just going out there and wrestle, and freedom of fear. I think that puts, gives me an edge on, on everyone freedom faith and fun so i think i think that sounds like another article for sure i like the sound of that freedom faith and fun freedom faith and fun or faith faith fun and freedom uh the other one was better yeah i think that sounds a little bit better so you know Jaden, again i really appreciate your time today um i know you you you've got uh you've had a busy schedule you know obviously none of you guys knew this um you know between my schedule and Jaden's schedule we had to kind of bounce around a little bit um to to get our podcast done today, you know, he's, he's, he's taken guys to the Northern Colorado open and oh, hold on. Which is funny is my phone decided to start playing music in the middle of the podcast. I'm not sure how that happened. Oh, I couldn't hear it. But no. Yeah. So all of a sudden I'm listening to, you know, we're, we're talking and Drake starts playing and, uh, I'm like, wait a second, <laughs> that's not supposed to happen. So, um, to, to, to finish what I was saying, you know, Jaden's in Colorado taking these EAP guys to, you know, the Northern Colorado Open tomorrow. And, uh, you know, he's got a lot of cool things going on. Obviously, a very bright future coming off a very successful tournament. You know, you know again, Jaden, as, as, as we're wrapping up, obviously, I'm very thankful. What do we, what do we have to look for for you next? What's, what, what's the next thing where we're going to see Jaden Cox? Not necessarily competing, but in general, like what's next up in your, in your schedule in your life? Well, next up, is, as most people know, AWL is coming up um, November 30th. So I'll be there. I'm doing some commentary. And, um, you know, I look forward to uh, seeing some great matches and an awesome event. So everybody needs to check that out. Um, and, uh, you know, just check in. Check in. Check that out. It's going to be great for wrestling. I think we've tried multiple times to do these wrestling leagues. I think we finally figured it out. Um, it's got a lot of potential. So everybody make sure to check that out. And Jaden, how do we find you? How does everyone listening to this podcast that doesn't already follow you on social media for some super strange reason, if they, (laughs) 
If they don't already, how do they find you? Um, you can find me on Twitter at, at Matrix underscore 8692 or Instagram um, at J-M-I-Z underscore C-U-S-A or Facebook. J.C. Cox is, uh, is my name on Facebook. Awesome. So Matrix, uh, explain that one real quick. Well, actually, it's not necessarily Matrix. If you see the first three letters are capitalized and it says Matt Tricks. <laughs> I guess I didn't realize that when I'm thinking about uh, when, 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 I, when I've seen you on Twitter before. So that's funny. So spe- spelt Matrix, but Matt Tricks. Got it. Well, guys, make sure that you give Jaden a follow. Obviously, he's always, you know, he's posting great content. Um, you can follow his career and the stuff that he's involved with. This podcast will be available um, I, I can't give the exact date, but it'll be released. Uh, it'll be released on a Monday and it will start our, it will start back our, our mindset Monday podcast series of interviews with great wrestlers, great coaches and great competitors. Uh, excited to have Jaden kick it off. And again, Jaden, thank you for your time today. Best of luck to all your guys uh, tomorrow competing at the Northern Colorado open. And um, you know, we look forward to seeing you get back on the map. No, definitely. Thank you very much. Thank you for having me. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.